Good morning. It is so good to see you all this morning as we come together uh, with a with a different schedule for these two weeks, and uh, we are we are excited to have Paul and Amos Campbell with us this morning, all the way from Logan, Utah, and. Uh, in just a minute, Paul is going to come as we, uh, as we start today. Uh, as you've seen through email and in your service booklet, this week and next week we are focusing, our focus will be on missions, our part in missions, focusing on praying, giving, sending, and going. And this morning, Paul is going to come and open the word to us uh, as we consider uh, our part in missions uh, focused on praying. And we're looking forward to that. Um, and I just want to I just want to share one very quick thought uh, when it comes to our our participation in the Great Commission. Uh, it is it is something that every single one of us is called to do, and it's not an option. It's uh, it's a command from Christ that He gave before He left this earth, and every one of us is going to play a different different roles. And maybe even different roles at different times in our lives, but we're all called to be engaged as people who would uh, who would be participating in the Great Commission, and uh, uh, and I hope that these uh, these Sunday schools and Sunday mornings, as we focus on these four different areas, will be an encouragement to each of our hearts as we consider as we consider um, what we are currently doing when it comes to living in Great Commission kinds of ways and what God might have for us to do in the coming days in this regard. So let's pray, and then Paul's going to come and uh, open the word for us this morning. Father, we thank you for this time we have together. Thank you for, uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to gather and uh, spend a few moments uh, in your word together this morning. Uh, I pray that you would uh, um, give Paul clarity as he, as he speaks and I pray that you would use the truth in each of our lives uh, to grow us to become more like your son. We pray these things in his name. Amen. And as Paul comes, I totally spaced. Um, I'm like, yeah, that's, it's Paul. Um, like, I know Paul. Paul is, Paul is the lead pastor. At, you, can, you can come on up here. Paul is the lead pastor at Gospel Peace Church, uh, who we partner with in Logan, Utah. And uh, um, he's, he is Alan Lisa Carper's pastor. He is Jared and Rose Smith's pastor. And he is uh, Seth and Janelle Farmer's pastor, yeah. uh, and all all who've gone from this place to plant themselves in Logan. So we look forward to it, Paul. Thanks, Charles. Well, good morning. All right. Um, I'll be sharing a brief update tonight, in the evening gathering, on uh, Gospel Peace Church. So I'll save all my comments about the laziness of Alan Lisa Carper for, uh, I don't know why that's funny, I'm just kidding, uh, for tonight, and I can't wait to update you on how things are going at Gospel Peace Church. Uh, the Lord has been blessing beyond uh, anything we could ask or think, and so uh, exceeding our prayers, so I look forward to updating you this evening on that. What the Lord's doing uh, certainly is a blessing. I'm going to read from Colossians 4. If you would open up your Bibles to Colossians 4, please. 
Colossians 4, and I will start in verse uh, 2. Colossians 4, 2. Okay. I'll read the passage of scripture, and when I'm done, I'm going to say, this is what we do at Gospel Peace Church. I don't know if you guys do this here or not, but what I'll say is, uh, this is the word of the Lord, and you guys will reply, thanks be to God. Very good, okay. This is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Let's read. Colossians 4, 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, guide us into all truth this morning. Cause us to understand your word. Cause us to connect our living to your scriptures. Living by the book. You would guide us. Strengthen us. Encourage us. Build us up. So that your name would be made known in every corner of the planet. In every corner of Greenville, South Carolina, Logan, Utah, we're jealous for the name of our great God to be honored and worshiped rather than any false God. So stir these things up in us, we pray. Lord, may the one who speaks, speaks as if he has the oracles of God. And the one who serves as if he's getting strength from God so that you would be honored and glorified in all things. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, let's look to the word together this morning. Uh, because the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. On April 8th, 2009, a U.S. flagged cargo uh, ship called the Maersk, Alabama was hijacked by four Somali pirates about 240 nautical miles, different than a regular mile, into the Indian Ocean. A distress call was put out to, um, was put out and the U.S. Navy responded with two vessels a destroyer, and a frigate. Uh, After some time, the Navy ship decided that the resources that they had were not enough, and they needed to call in the special forces of the Navy, the Navy SEALs. We lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia, for about 13 years, me and my wife. And in Virginia Beach, we have the uh, even-numbered SEAL teams, So we have occasionally SEAL team members that would be in our church congregation there. And in fact, one of them uh, tells me he worked with the teens. Uh, I was a youth pastor there, and so instant credibility for that guy. Uh, 
And uh, so he worked with the teens, and um, he actually retired and is now a part of Gospel Peace Church in Logan with us. But he occasionally would let uh, some intel slip. I'm sure it's, he's retired now, so everything's okay. Uh, no, he would tell us stories of when, of things that he was involved in, okay? And I don't know if, you, know if you've seen, heard of this story before, the Marisk, Alabama, or you've seen the movie. You know, I ask him, is, is that really what happened? Well, he says this to me. He says, by the time, by the time the Navy ship asked for the SEALs, he said, our response was, they are outside of your boat right now and will be boarding shortly. <laughs> okay. I was like, did they just happen to be in the area? <laughs> Swing by the ships over here? He's like, no, actually, they were asleep in Virginia Beach, Virginia. We woke them up, put them on a plane to the Indian Ocean, so by the time they needed them, they were there. Okay, that's the kind of um, walkie-talkie I want to have. How many of you, when you were a kid, you had a walkie-talkie when you were a kid? And on that walkie-talkie, it says, good for 16 miles. And you're thinking, okay, this is it's all I need. I mean, you're nine, and you're like, 16 miles is forever far. This is going to be great. So you and your brother are on the other end of the house, and you talk to each other in the mic, I mean, into the walkie-talkie, and you're like, I can't tell if I can hear them through the walkie-talkie or through the house. <laughs> it's, we don't have a big enough house for these things. Okay, let's take it outside, right? Okay, you go to the other end of the house, I'll go to the one end of the house, and we'll talk to each other through the walkie-talkie. And you're like, man, 16 miles is not as far as I thought it was. It's from one of the house to the other. I can't hear each other, you know? It's like, you get these walkie-talkies, and you're like, I don't know about this. I just, I don't have any kind of connection there. But the kind of walkie-talkie that I want is connection to somebody who can make a difference. Somebody who can step in and do something about it when I need some help. I heard one author say this about prayer and our connection to someone who can do something, who can work all things according to his counsel, who work all things to his glory and our good. And he says it's, it's like calling in the special forces. He says it's often, though, we think about our connection our walkie-talkie is more of a domestic intercom to call out for some more pillows in the den. And we forget we're in a war. Just increase my comforts, Lord, we pray. And you forget you're in a war. Do you know that you're in a war? Are you acting like you're in a war? Are you praying like you're in a war? Are you staying connected to the headquarters, if you will? For where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. 
Well, I heard a pastor one time, he told me, he's like, if you want to preach a sermon that will convict everyone in the room, here's two topics you should talk about. One of them is prayer. And the other one is evangelism. Well, this morning, I get the privilege of burdening you with guilt. I'm only kidding, of course. Shouldn't you be praying more? Okay, yeah, I should be praying more. Shouldn't you be, like, telling more people about Jesus? Yeah, I should be telling more people about Jesus, of course, probably. Well, I get the privilege of encouraging you as followers of Jesus to stay connected to the headquarters. To encourage you to follow, as followers of Jesus, that you actually have some really good news to tell people. And you can't wait to share it. But I want to do this in a way that gives you a truth to believe and not just make you feel bad. I want to show you today that prayer is the key to the mission of God. It's the God-ordained means that the Lord uses to fuel missions around the world and and in Cache Valley, where I'm from, and Greenville, South Carolina, and in your neighborhood, and in your home. And my hope is that you believe this in your heart, and you will pray earnestly for souls to come to Jesus in your neighborhood and to the nations. So what a privilege it is for us to pray. What a joy it is for us to share the good news that has been given to us. Now let me ask you, how do you... How do you how do people know you? How, how would people describe you? Your workplace, what would your son say about you in your house? What about your classmates, students? What do they say about you? There's some, of course, some superficial things that how people describe you, so... For example, if you were, didn't know me or my name and you would describe me probably a particular way, um, you would say something like, he is, he's that guy with the big, say it with me, muscles, yeah. <laughs> um, that was obvious. It's not like you said something else, but yeah. Uh, that's what you would say, and... Um, so, of course, there's, there's superficial ways that you guys, that we describe people. Um, but what will people say? Yeah, I think he goes to church. Yeah, I think he goes to church. He's kind of busy on Sundays. What church does he go to? I don't know. I don't know. But he seems pretty religious. That's how people say it. I mean, he goes to a Christian school, right? So he's probably Christian. Or will they say something like this? He loves Jesus. He actually finds joy in, they might say, religion, in his religion. Joy in Christ. What if they say this? She, she prays, and I know that she'll pray for me. I, I, I'll tell her about something, and then a week later, she'll ask me about that thing, and she'll say, I've been praying for this. How, how's your son doing? How do people know you? Do people know, around you know the gospel that you know? Know the truth. Understand what it is. So when we connect prayer to mission, this is what we'll see. Three things this morning. Uh, prayer opens doors. Prayer opens mouths. 
And prayer opens hearts. Prayer opens doors. Lord, give us away is our prayer. Prayer opens doors. Lord, give us away. Give us a way. Often, when Paul wraps up a letter, he will do so with this kind of series of commands here. And this text is not dissimilar. In staccato form, kind of, just, just one after the other. And so we ask, how do, how's this related to the rest of the letter? What's, what's going on here in this letter? Well, look how the way Paul finishes the letter here in Colossians. He talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ at the beginning and talks about how the gospel affects our lives. He gets really specific and he starts talking about like husbands and wives and children and slaves and masters. He talks about them here in Colossians. It's really specific. And then he says this. Look at verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Okay, here's the sense of it. Be devoted to prayer, one translation says. Persevere in prayer. Work hard at praying. Don't stop praying is the sense. You've heard all in this letter what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And because you believe this to be true, because you believe Jesus is who he says he is, we ought to be people who are praying steadfastly, persevering in prayer. Got to be praying. And sometimes it looks like you're actually fighting to pray. You're working hard to pray. You've been there before? Where it's a struggle to even pray? I've been there. Moved to Salt Lake City a couple years ago. Lived there for about a year and I was going to be preaching one Sunday. And I came to my guys, the guys that would soon be pastors with me at Gospel Peace Church. And I said, I'm just, I am struggling to pray this week. And I don't know why. I just sit there and I'm like, okay, what do I even say? I should know what to say. Please help me today. Um, but I'll never forget their response. Their response was, Let's pray together right now. And I still remember that day and their prayers for me. They just stopped, we stopped everything in our meeting and said, one of my guys said, let's just pray. That's the kind of friends I need. That's the kind of friend I want to be to people. We struggle to pray. Sometimes we're tired and you say to your wife, no, I always pray with my mouth open and drool coming down my beard. Um, fight to pray, brothers and sisters. Continue steadily, steadfastly in it. W- work hard. Persevere in prayer is the sense here. And he, he makes a specific request. Look at the specific request in verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Okay, so where's Paul? Whenever someone asks you where's Paul and they're talking about the Bible, the answer is always in prison. Okay, just so you know. You were in Sunday school here. Someone at where's Paul? Prison. Okay, got it. So he's in prison. Now let me ask you this. If you were in prison, what kind of door would you ask to be opened Right? 
Paul is actually more concerned with the gospel of Jesus Christ than he is his own release from prison. He prays, open, he prays for an open door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. The mystery of Christ in Colossians 1 the mystery of Christ is this. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Remember that in Colossians 1? In Colossians 2, he shortens it to this. The mystery is Christ. You get Christ. That's the mystery. The mystery that was hiding for ages, it says in Colossians 1, is, is now revealed, and it's you get Christ. You get God. That's the mystery. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. Oh, that we would pray this way that the Lord would open the door. Lord, give us a way. Prayer opens doors. Lord, give us a way to meet our neighbors, to share the gospel with them. Give us, give us a way to have spiritual conversations with coworkers. Help us to turn conversations about accounting into like something that's real life, spiritual, gospel-oriented conversation. Lord, give us an open door, we pray. And praise the Lord that prayer opens doors. Sometimes we look at the Great Commission and we think, well, of, make, go make disciples of all nations. Okay, really? It's just me and we're this church here in Greenville, South Carolina, and there's just a few of us here. Really, we're going to, of all nations, there's a lot of nations. But what are we going to do? What if God's plan was one person at a time? What if God's plan to reach the nations was you talking to a neighbor? You just don't even know who that neighbor knows and then who that person knows and then who that person knows. How the word of the Lord just spreads as we see in Acts. What an opportunity you have with a school here. What an opportunity you have with neighbors, coworkers. You have an opportunity with kids in this church. You pray for the, the group of people who are not here. Right, there's kids that way and I think that way, I don't know. One of the kids said, down a hill. So down the hill. Um, and what about the people that get to share the gospel with them week after week after week? Praise the Lord. Pray that the Lord would give them away and you away as their parents, grandparents. Give us an door, open door for the gospel. Many of you have been praying for Gospel Peace Church and we're very thankful for that and I look forward to sharing more about what the Lord's doing and He's opening doors for the gospel in Logan. The Lord is answering your prayers. So thank you. And keep, keep praying. Pray that more churches will be planted in Utah, all over the country. And pray the Lord will keep opening doors for the gospel in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your Christian school, at your kids' sports teams. It's been an amazing opportunity for us. And at the grocery store, at the barbershop, at the Greenville Triumph soccer game. Go Triumph. Speak the truth of the gospel. Invite people to church. For some reason, there's this idea that if it sounds, that sounds like this sometimes. No, don't invite. Evangelism is not inviting people to church. Okay? I see what you're saying there. Like, what the point is, like, no, share the gospel with some. Speak the gospel to, to somebody, but... I hope you know that if you come to this, if you bring somebody to this church, that they're going to hear the gospel, right? They get to hear the gospel week after week, and your pastor gets to proclaim the gospel through their, have you noticed it, in the songs, in the way that they pray, in the way that they preach. The gospel is going to be proclaimed. 
So here's a couple of reasons why you should invite your unbelieving friends to church. Ready? Real fast. They're going to hear the gospel again. Secondly, they're going to hear the gospel again from somebody else that might connect better than you connect. That's why we're in a body and not on an island. They're going to see that this gospel that you're proclaiming to them is not just your idea. Fourthly, they're going to see your family. Don't you want to introduce your friends to your family? When's the last time you thought, man, I wish, I wish we had little Hampton Park cards. You might have this, I don't know. Hampton Park information cards that I could, just, I could use to invite people to church. Maybe it's the nature of a church plant. We have people asking us, hey, do you have any information cards that I can just like, hand to people when I meet them and talk to them about Christ and say, here's a church in town that you're, you can come to and you'd feel welcome at? And, um, do, do, do people know about your church? Do people know your church? Do your friends and coworkers know that Hampton Park is your church and that Hampton Park is available and caring and is wanting to help? Do they know that? As the locus, church people, for the primary means of discipleship that God has set up as the local church. Pray that God will open doors and um, uh, don't be surprised when he does. Which leads me to the second point. Prayer, does, you know, not only does it open doors, it opens our mouths. Lord, give us boldness. Look at verse 3. Again, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open, a, open to us a door for the word to, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Paul says here, listen, think about what he's saying. I am in prison because I'm sharing the gospel and I'm about to do it again. Would you just pray for me? If the Lord would give me an open door, I'm going to share the gospel with people. That's why I'm here, account of which I'm in prison. I'm about to do it again. So, you know, I'm not backing down from this gospel. I'm not going to be backing down from the truth. It seems like his execution is imminent. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'm in prison for this, and I'm about to do it again. What's, what is he thinking? I mean, I'll tell you what he's thinking. He's thinking people need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need the gospel. I actually have good news to share with people. It's like he's jealous for the name of the Lord to be proclaimed in every home. It's like he really loves God, and he really loves his neighbor. It's like he's living out what he actually believes. So notice he he needs prayer to be bold. He he needs prayer here. That the Lord would open a door and that he would make it clear how he ought to speak. Lord, give us boldness. Open our mouths. Um, We shrink in fear too often, don't we? What are we afraid of when we share the gospel with people? We're afraid of talking to the to neighbors about the good news that we have? What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of in our workplace, our classroom? What are we afraid of? Afraid of? Paul here faces death, execution, and needs prayer for boldness. What, what are we afraid of? A sideways glance? Some of you are like, well, who's this guy? <laughs> what is he? he believes in God. He's talking about Jesus. What's wrong with him? What's wrong with her? So maybe a lost friendship? It's tough. It's hard. We have people that they have marred relationships with family because they've decided to follow Jesus or the Bible. 
and constant kind of, well, you'll come back. You'll be back here. You'll come back to the LDS church, is what they say. Or yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, fine, go do that thing for a little, bit, little while, but don't take your name from the, from the roster of the LDS church. It's actually hard to do it, but don't, don't even try to do that because what's bound on earth is bound in heaven, the way they say it, is what they say. So there's constantly, you'll be back, you're, there's a marred relationship, like struggle, as I mean, one couple that has come to Christ. Lord, give us boldness, we pray. O- open our mouths. Help us to even go if it means danger. One of my favorite things to say is uh, to my kids and to my teens when I was a youth pastor, uh, Andrew Bates, this may not be good for you, but um, is uh, safety third. Okay. Well, everyone asks, well what's, well, what's first and second? Not safety. That's the point. Um, I was in a, a church a few months ago and a young lady who works who is in Southeast Asia with a team of people, she sent a video to this church to be played during the service. And since since she was sending it over the internet, there were certain words that she had to avoid. She couldn't use the word Christ, church, gospel, Jesus, God. Couldn't use the word pray. So she used substitute words like the son, the father, the good news. Instead of church, she'd say family. Instead of prayer, she'd say ask the father. Because the enemy of the gospel is listening and their work could be compromised. They're working directly against the laws and rules, r- rulers of their land. Does that sound safe to you? Does that sound like somewhere that you can't wait to send your daughter? Oh, the Lord would give us boldness, and the Lord would give us boldness to even send our kids around the world. For the sake of the gospel, what better way to die? Lord, give us boldness, we pray. Pray for your pastors as they proclaim the gospel, the good news every single week. Each Sunday as people gather here, you're praying. You're praying for your friends in their evangelistic endeavors because you're a good friend and you pray for your friends, right? You pray with your friends about the gospel, their evangelistic endeavors. You can't wait to pray and hear about how they're doing because you're in this together. You're partners in the gospel, right? You're partners together as members of Hamden Park Baptist Church. You're partners for the sake of his name in your neighborhood and to the nation's. Pray with your friends, like they're part of your family. Pray with your family. And look how, he should be, look how we should be speaking. Look at this in verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to, you ought to answer each person. Make it, say, speak the gospel in your boldness in a way that is easy to take in. Like it's been seasoned with salt. Easy to take in. That's how we should be speaking, graciously speaking the truth know that, so that you may know how to answer each person, not, not just how to refute somebody and then corner them, but like how to say it, like a gracious and kind way. 
a seasoned way. Prayer opens doors and prayer opens mouths. And lastly, prayer opens hearts. You need to be connected to the one who can change hearts. Prayer opens hearts. Lord, give us salvation. We need the right person for the job. It's not just about our techniques and sharing the gospel. We need the Lord to work. If I could just word it in this special way that the new guy says we should do it that, you know, whatever. It's like we should do it that way and then it's going to work. Well, we found that in evangelism with LDS people, you never know what's going to like, you never know what the pebble is that's going to be stuck in their shoe. And they're just like, I just can't get rid of that. I, I can't get over it. You never know what the Lord's going to use. It's not just about trying to corner somebody with arguments, thinking, ha-ha, gotcha, now you have to believe in Jesus. It's not about that. You're not trying to corner somebody. Or one pastor said, you're not trying to win an argument, you're trying to win a person. Wouldn't it make sense to pray to the one who opens hearts? Wouldn't it make sense to pray to the one who, who takes a spiritually dead person and revives their hearts? That's what he does. You see that in chapter 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh. But God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. That's what happened. There's legal demands. And that legal demand from that record of debt of sin, this is what that demand says. Go to hell. That's what it says. This, I love this, is what he says in Colossians 2. This he sets aside. You know, like, it's kind of casual, sets it aside. The next phrase is this, nailing it to the cross. Praise the Lord. What good news we have for people. Like every one of their sins can be done with, canceled, past, present, and future. They're no longer accountable before God for their sins. It's been covered. But also, they're given the righteousness of Christ. Not their own righteousness, their own merit that's going to earn them some kind of grace from the Lord. What good news we have somebody for somebody. So we ask them, give, we ask the Lord, give us salvation. Give salvation to dead people. Revive them. Maybe you've been praying for the same family member for years. Maybe you've been praying for a close friend for a long time. And you're thinking, it's not working. Paul, thanks for, those, for saying all these things. I'm sure maybe it's working in Cache Valley or it's working here or there, but I got this family member that is not working. That's hard. I love what, uh, what Luke 18, the Christ says at Luke 18. Uh, he's getting ready to tell a parable, and he says, I'm telling this parable so that you would pray and never give up. Never give up. We don't know what the Lord's doing. We're doing one thing, and he's doing 10,000 things. And keep on praying for your family, for your close friend, for your coworkers, for your neighbors. Speak the gospel. Pray for the Lord to change people's hearts. 
pray. Maybe you're here today and you've not heard this good news before. You're, you're like, yeah, I've heard it, but I haven't really bought into this. You've never decided to trust the Lord with your life. Did you know that you can trust him today? Yeah, all, all your sins are done, forgiven. Every one of them. You're given clothes of righteousness that are not your own. It's Christ's. And the mystery is that you get God. You get God. We pray, Lord, give us salvation. Turn hearts, turn hearts to, to the Lord, we're praying. Remember what Paul said to the church at Corinth? He said, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He gets the glory. Remember this in Mark 4? There's a parable in Mark 4, right after the parable of the sower, the seeds, the soils. Remember that? There's a small parable, and it's about this farmer who plants seeds, and then he goes to sleep. He doesn't know how it all works in there, and it sprouts up. I don't know how it all works, but he goes to sleep, and it does. Our responsibility is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Plant, water. And how does it work in someone's life? I don't know. But as we're praying, and we keep on praying, we never give up, we rest our head. Our one pastor used to always say this. Is rest your head on the pillow of God's sovereignty. So we can be tempted to think it's not working. But we ought to be, you ought to be answering this question, do I trust him? Do I trust him to do his work? so that he would get the glory. Here's a really cool thing about this passage. I kind of skimmed over it really quick, but uh, hey, God, it seems like God wants to answer our prayers. Seems like he wants to, like a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. Seems like he wants to do good things for his people. And, and heard one pastor say, uh, well, look at this real quick. Look at verse four. Sorry, verse two. This is what I skipped over really fast. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with Thanksgiving. You're like you're already thanking the Lord. You're not just bringing your request, as Pastor said. You're not just bringing your request to the Lord. You're bringing your hymnal to the Lord. And you're bringing your request. You have your list there of things you're praying for, people you're praying for, asking for the Lord to help you in this war for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're saying, praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. And whatever happens, we go to the Lord with thanksgiving. We're praying like we really believe the Lord's going to answer our prayers. We're praying for an open door towards people. We're praying for ourselves that our mouths would open. And we're praying for the Lord to work and to open hearts. Let's do that right now. Lord, would you, would you please open up doors for the gospel? Open up doors for the gospel. This hour and the next hour as the gospel is being proclaimed from this stage from these people as they're singing to one another with thankfulness in their hearts to God. Lord, in the kids' area, the gospel would be proclaimed and you would open up doors for the gospel and workers would have opportunities to share the good news to our kids. Lord, give doors for the gospel in our neighborhoods. Help us to think carefully, strategically, 
so that your name would be proclaimed in our, in our neighbors' homes. Give us open doors at work. Help us to know how to navigate conversations. Give us, Lord, give us boldness. Open up our mouths. Help us to speak the truth. And not just hope that it happens by people seeing us, but they would hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you please open hearts, family members, friends, co-workers who seem so hardened to the gospel, but in their heart of hearts, we don't know what's going on. Some people have this facade, and we feel like we can't penetrate that, Lord, but you can. Would you do it? Would you pierce their hearts with the truth like a, like a sharp, two-edged sword that goes down deep? Pierce their hearts with the truth of the gospel. And they give up following themselves, and they follow you with their lives, giving up everything to follow you. So, Lord... Open up opportunities for the sake of the gospel in Greenville, South Carolina, Logan, Utah, all across the United States, North America, all across the world, so your name would be known and your name would be honored. And we'll turn and give you all the glory from whom all blessings flow. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.